Schmitz. What up? It is Shameless Plugs Podcast, your favorite writing podcast, because yes. obviously we're the best. Well, so, clearly, I mean, duh. <laughs> 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 huh, who would have thought who that you thought? would be listening to anything else right now? Who would I don't have know. thought that a podcast called Shameless Plugs, we would start it out by plugging how great we are. <laughs> Who would have thought? Oh my gosh. Well, I think we've got to plug um, somebody else who's joining us today. We do have to plug somebody else. Yeah, we are joined on the show today by DK Marie, and we are excited. Of course. We're always, always excited. excited. We so... only bring on people we like, so we're so always true. excited. Yeah, always. So, um, hi! <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Good morning, or afternoon. afternoon. It's morning for us. It's morning so. for us, yeah. And it is hot. It is hot. Sorry, yes. weather. I'm jealous. It's not hot here. Well, really? No. I mean, if we finally had one warm day, but it's been a really cold spring. I'm I'm a little bitter. You're, you're up in Michigan, correct? Yes. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> but it's not, like, enjoyably hot here. No. It's, like, yeah, so... walk outside, can't breathe sticky hot already, yeah. and that's it's, no fun. You step outside and you're walking through pudding is what it feels Pretty like. Pretty much, it's just, yeah. It's... It's... <laughs> well, I, I hate the cold. I, oh. Don't ask me why I'm in Michigan, but I hate the, So I would take the sticky heat over gotcha. freezing 65 degrees. I so, mean, you just got to drive, like, you know, four hours south, and you'll yeah, have it. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> so, yeah. And I hate this hot weather that I'm dealing with, so it sounds like we just need to switch houses for a couple months or there something. There you go. So. Yeah. That'd be great. <laughs> that works for me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> sure your wife would be cool with it. Yeah, I'm sure she would be <laughs> totally fine with some strange woman living in our house. <laughs> yeah. Not that you're strange. But you're... <laughs> Yeah, well, no, I mean, like, you would just leave, and DK could come live with your wife, because your wife is awesome, so. My wife would probably like living with her more than me, so. (laughs) I think we all have those days. I think we all have those days with our spouses. Yeah, you know, so. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway. (laughs) Hello, hive mind. Yeah, I know, right? So. Um, so you might be dealing with cold weather. Hey, Segway coming oh, up. Oh, here it comes. But you write steamy romance. So... Yeah. <laughs> yes. I got to find some way to stay warm. Exactly. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>! <laughs> yes. So you just had a novel come out not too mm-hmm. long ago. You, we actually mm-hmm. featured an excerpt from it on uh, a couple weeks ago on our show. So tell us about, you know, the novel that you just had come out. Oh, I'm so terrible at this. So, <laughs> the the plugging of my book, I'm terrible. I just want to, it's great. Read it. Um, <laughs> um, well, more specifically, what do you want? Would you like me to read the blurb, the synopsis? It's just wh- talk about why I like it. it. Yeah, whatever I mean, you want to say about yeah, it. Yeah, I was going to say is... if you want to give us a little bit of a brief synopsis, um, so our, our listeners kind of get a vibe for it, and then tell and, us like what you like about it, or and exactly whatnot. how great it is, so all of yeah. our listeners will go out and exactly. buy it if they didn't already from hearing your excerpt. Right. I mean, get the ones who you know weren't smart enough, and I love our listeners, <laughs> so they're all brilliant. But the ones who weren't smart enough to go buy it after listening to the excerpt, right. now they're going to go buy it after hearing you talk about how great it is. Uh huh. Okay. Well, so I, I, I did pull up the synopsis. Should I just read this or just talk about this naturally? Because I mean, honestly, I am. I'm terrible at what? telling my, my own stuff. 
<laughs> Let's do the synopsis, yeah. and then that'll probably prompt some questions yeah. from us, and we'll go from there. Uh-huh. Okay. Greta Meyer is almost 30, yet struggles to separate her ambitions from those of her parents. Growing up in a bubble of privilege and rigid expectations, Greta understands what is required of her and always follows the rules. The only exception was when she broke off her engagement with her arrogant and controlling fiancé, Blake. Okay, she's rebelled twice, but nobody knows about Jacob Grimm. The way his careless good looks and unrefined bearing had fascinated Greta, making it impossible for her to stay away. Upon meeting, they'd struck up an easy conversation, one that rapidly turned from friendly to sensual. They ended up in bed where Greta learned all about sexual freedom and unrestrained passion. Afterwards, reality crashed around her, leaving her embarrassed with her recklessness and disappointed when Jacob walked away, never contacting her. Weeks passed, and Greta tried to bury the memory of their wild afternoon. She's not wholeheartedly successful, but interning at her father's investment firm, Swift Financial, has helped. Her father hinted if she impresses him during her internship, after she receives her master's in computer science, she'll run his IT department. He's a hard man to please, but Greta craves his validation, his belief that she's responsible and smart enough to manage something so important. Walking into what is supposed to be an uneventful new client meeting, Greta finds Jacob sitting at her father's conference table. It turns out he doesn't work for a delivery company. He's been hired by, he had been hired by the delivery company to install a vintage chandelier. Jacob runs a business from his home restoring and repairing antiques. He Swiss, he is Swiss' newest client. Remembering her uninhibited behavior with him, is disconcerting enough, but now she has to add the worry of her career. Her father doesn't tolerate mistakes, and Jacob's a big one. He needs to stay in the past. Like Greta, Jacob is less than thrilled with their surprise reunion. He can't grasp why the board debutante, who's been looking for a scandalous spring with a man from the wrong side of town, is sitting across from him at Swift. Should I keep going? Whatever you are comfortable with. Um, you know what? I'll probably stop from there because now as I'm reading this, I'm thinking I don't want to give away too much. Understood. Well, and this is a multi-part series, correct? This is book one of four, if I remember correctly, isn't it? Yes. Okay. So how do you, you know, this is obviously a romance novel and how do you maintain Kind of the one of the things that stands out to me, I am not a romance reader, so forgive me if I'm off here, but they seem like they're a more, it's a more intense genre. How do you maintain that kind of intensity over the span of multiple novels? Well, it's the theme of the stories are the same and everybody knows everybody, but it's not actually the same character through all it's not actually the same main characters through every story it's completely different characters for each story but they're all they all know each other somehow so if you read the first book and you love jacob and greta you'll get to visit them in every other book but they won't but they're no longer the main characters okay oh cool so uh so you kind of had to do a little bit of world building then i guess to put all these people in the same place right Yeah, with romance, it's very character-driven, so I had to do a lot of character building, where all of my stories um, take place in Michigan and Detroit. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, 
so no fantasy world building, but their lives had to all interact and follow through. Right. Now, these characters from from the reading that you did on one of our uh, previous episodes, you're building characters that have... Um, for example, Jacob, I know he has some surprising sides to him that came out in the uh, reading that you did. He's not what he seems on the surface. How do you tap into characters to, to give them those levels of depth and make them more interesting? Well, usually when I, when I start every one of my books, I have character interviews that I do. And it helps me learn them and notice all of their different flaws and their wounds. And um, basically I get to know them before I write the story. Sounds like a plotter trait. Uh, I'm not even going to look at you right now. <laughs> I'm aware. I'm aware. <laughs> That's cool. I, I mean, one of the things that our show does is it, it puts on display all the different processes out there for writing. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, the, the character interview thing, I think is a really cool way to kick off. A novel, especially one that is going to be very character driven, yeah. that might be set in a world that people are familiar with, you know, so you need to bring yeah. kind of that depth in with your character. So I think that's cool. Yeah. So, I don't do it. I know you don't. <laughs> it's it's one of my favorite parts really? of the character interview. Yes. Getting to know them. It's, it's really fun. And then as I'm, as I'm um, doing this interview sheet that I have set out, as it comes to me, then dialogue and scenes come to me at the same time. So it's, to me, it's really fun. So when you're coming up, when, you know, those scenes and dialogue are coming to you, do you find that you end up using a lot of those in the final product or do, yeah. do they inform the character and then you don't come back to them really? No, a lot of times I do end up using them or if I save them with the idea of maybe on my uh, newsletter, I might release those scenes that never made it in because of their backstory. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. But nice. I found all of them to be useful so far. Yeah. So do you find yourself, like, once you are doing, like, your interview, do you actually, like, talk to your characters? Or are you like, how do you feel about <laughs> eating fish? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. I would. I would totally do something like that. <laughs> I'd be like, sit across from me, character. Let's have a conversation. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, then by the end of the book, it's like they're real. And, and I write, um, you know, all my characters live where I live. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's like by the time the story is done, I almost want to be like when I'm with people, oh, you know, it's like Jacob and Crowd, they, they went to this restaurant before and I expect <laughs> to see amazing. them or they, they become so real by the end. I like yeah. look over my shoulder looking for them. Yeah. And you're like, oh, in this corner, this is where this thing happened. Doesn't yes. anyone else know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, right here. That's where his brother Will lives in that apartment over there when we're driving through Detroit. <laughs> so oh, that's great. Awesome. It's like uh, it's like um, Pokemon Go except for authors. <laughs> I caught a Greta. Yeah, exactly. Cool. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That's so good. I like that. <laughs> I thought I was a plotter. That kind of puts me to shame it a little really bit. It really does. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. I'm very impressed right now. I'm sorry. Well, it's you. a good thing. It's... Oh, I thought you said oppressed. No, impressed. Oh, okay. Why would that impress me? <laughs> I don't know. I thought maybe 
maybe you're just like you're just like oh my gosh i'm such a terrible plotter compared to dk like i thought that's where you were oh my god she interviews her character i am my freedom is shackled i mean no that's not what just happened here well i I can send you my character interview of you if you would ever like to try it out I actually would like that because I plot. I do like a character biography ahead of time, but I've never done the interview. I've, I've really, heard, I've heard of it, but yeah. I've never done the. Now I have conversations with my characters, like, but it's not officially. And it, I mm-hmm. don't do it with every character. It's yeah. not part of my process. It's just you know, I'll be in the shower, and all of a sudden Alex will start talking yeah, to me. Yeah, like, oh, okay, know, dude, what's up? Or <laughs> actually, it's more like I listen in on them talking to each other. Nice. But you know, yeah. Yes, please do send it to me. I'd like to try that actually. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. Man. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah, and then and then too because it's so um emotionally based with romance too, there's the um well one book that it's called Wounds and Flaws Thesaurus or something and they have questions in there and those are perfect yeah. because romance is conflict and emotional based. Like I have to pick what their issues are because that's really what they're fighting against is their own issues. That's mm-hmm. what causes a lot of the conflict too. So I go through those two and have to pick out because sometimes I know right away what their big issues are and what their flaws are, but then I have to make sure that they're reacting correctly right. to yeah. what's, what's their hold up, their issues. Gotcha. So mentioning that, do you find that you do a lot of research when you're building characters or is it more of an intuitive process for you? Mm. it's a little bit of both like it's, I it seems like as I'm plotting through and learning about them then I have to do research on them as I learn more about them mm-hmm. just to make sure I'm that I'm correct about it yeah gotcha so as how much of you've mentioned you know that this is set in kind of the area where you live how much do you find, whether it's in setting or character or whatever, how much do you find that the real world is influencing what you're creating on the page? Well, when it comes to where they live, reality plays a lot into it. I mean, some places are made up like where Greta lives. It's a combination of a couple cities. It doesn't actually exist. So I'm just taking bits and pieces. But their locations or where he lives exist. Albert Jacob does so the setting has to be real realistic I have to make sure I'm naming the right streets and like the right places but when it comes to the characters I I don't want to base them off anybody I know because I want my characters to grow and change by themselves where if there's if I'm trying to base it off a friend or somebody in my life then their personalities are going to take over in the book and I I don't want that to stifle what whatever the story is I'm trying to tell Mm -hmm. right yeah so um, I guess why romance? Like, I think all yeah, I think we all have a reason why we write in the genre that we write. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, J. A. just grew up with superheroes in his yeah. backyard, and that's why yes. he hangs out with them all the time. Much. So, you know, why why romance and for you? I'm glad you asked this because, on a very selfish level, I was about to ask the same question because this is the first time we've had it is, a romance yeah. author uh-huh. on the show. So I, uh, you know. We've talked to fantasy people. We've talked to sci-fi people. I understand that. And I wanted to hear from a romance yeah. writer why you do what you do. Thank you for being our first romance writer. Yes. <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> well, um, 
I didn't grow up reading romance. I didn't start even reading it probably till 10 or 15 years ago. It mm-hmm. just, when I was younger, it didn't appeal to me, the old style romance. I grew up actually reading um, adventure and thrillers and mm-hmm. horror was my favorite. I grew up on Stephen King and Anne Rice. Okay. And I still read all the way across, but um, I tend to be very pessimistic about the real world. And uh, <laughs> romance is my escape because no matter how bad everything is, hmm. it's going to end up okay. And it's a lot of fun for me to write, um, no matter how dark my characters or how bad their past is, they're still going to end up happy hmm. and in love and with the person that they need to be with or want to be with where in the real world, it just doesn't work out that way. And so I, I like that feeling. It's, it's a lot of, I like to do the dialogue and the banter and there's scenes. It makes me laugh. It makes me feel lighter. It's just, it's a lot of fun. I like that. <laughs> we were about to hide mind again. Cause I was about to say exactly the same thing. That's awesome. It's yeah. like, it's like just a little bright spot in the world. Mm-hmm. And it makes you happy. And that's delightful. Yeah, and that's how I feel when I read romance, and that's how I feel when I write it, where it's like, I feel like if I was to write something darker, like horror, then I would have to dive into that darkness in myself Mm -hmm. and focus on it in the real world, too. And it's already everywhere. I can just turn on the news if I want to be scared or depressed. Yes. Where if um, I write my romance, I get to be happy, and they get to be happy, and whoever reads it gets to be happy. I was just about to say that it's Mm -hmm. you're putting positive things out in the world and that's a good thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) The expression on Samantha's face right now, if you can see it, she just looks, she's got her like sweater, like cardigan thing on and she's all wrapped up in it. And she just has the most content look on her face right now. You made her very happy DK. You just made me feel cozy. Like yes. I'm tucked in with my blankie. And your I tea. Mean, my and... tea. I do have tea. So, yes. Because so. no good interview goes without tea. So. Oh, mine's with coffee. Well, you coffee's my fuel. <laughs> <laughs> coffee. Hmm. You're not a coffee fan. No, I'm. Jeez. I'm not. I. I like. I could down like six to eight cups of tea a day. And you do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I drink both, so I'm Switzerland in this do. conversation. So that's okay. Yeah, I, I go with both, but if I had to choose, coffee hands down. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> she she still likes <laughs> you. You'll still talk to me. You'll still talk to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, you can still be on the show. It's cool. Please don't start a beverage riot on our program. <laughs> <laughs> beverage riot yes beverage riot sounds like a show it does like it should be on like cooking channel or food network beverage riot yeah today (laughs) kombucha versus (laughs) that'd be amazing that would be awesome this is you guys might want to copyright that name We were talking to our listeners. We were talking before the air about how we're all rather tired going into this. And this could very easily go off the rails. And I think it just happened. Yeah, (laughs) maybe. (laughs) What'd you call it? Beverage Beverage riot. Beverage riot. No, I think it's a great idea. Mm -hmm. I really do. I'm going to call it Food Network. No, you aren't. I I made it up. You're not stealing my idea. (laughs) This this is Shameless Plugs podcast. And it is a co-idea. (laughs) 
because I started the beverage riot. Oh, okay, so then when your novel gets published, it's a co-idea because I talked to you about it. I mean, uh, same goes for you, buddy. So, uh, yes, we have gone completely. We off have. The I'm so sorry. We yes. should probably. That's all right. I'm just sipping my coffee and listening to the beverage riot. <laughs> As well, you know, that's that is. We're just gonna play that clip as a promotion for our podcast. I'm yes. just sipping my coffee, listening. To yes, because you, you know that's what you should do when you bring a guest on is just talk to each other and have them listen. Real, it's prof- amazing. <laughs> Professional podcasting 101, right? Right up in this piece. So, <laughs> so since you are writing a series. Um, do you have a sense of kind of the timeline that your readers can expect when uh, books are going to come out and everything? How far, I guess my question is, how far along in this process are you? You know you've got a series, but what does that process look like for you? Well, I'm on a timeline because I signed with um, a publishing house. So they have me on a timeline when each one has to go out. Mm-hmm. Like the second book is due out in October, I believe it's the tentative date right around October. So, um, so for me, they already have the the second book. I just have to get the edits back and Mm -hmm. I'm, um, working on the third, getting ready to send it out to beta readers. And I started outlining for the fourth book. So, um, being under contract is keeping me on schedule. Otherwise I could probably tend to go off the rails and think about other characters or other story ideas, but this is keeping me focused. I was just going to ask you that. Is it like, was the timeline for you scary when they were like, okay, we need this, 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 and this on these dates? Or mm-hmm. were you like, oh, thank goodness. Like, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a, well, it's a little bit of both because I went the traditional route with an agent and a publishing house and all that. So when I had my agent, you know, she said, okay, we're going to, we'll go ahead and do the whole series when we contact publishing houses. So, um, mm. They usually only pick up the first story and see how it goes and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, and we wrote up the little blurb for each of the stories, and I just kept plugging along and writing them, but I, I took my time because I'm not a super fast writer mm-hmm. and figured, you know, I've got a lot of time for those other stories. But then when they signed me for all four stories, I was like, yes, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, shit. Shit, I gotta write four stories. <laughs> so then, so you know, then after, then after that, it was like, okay, then I wrote out my own timeline. So then, if I start getting sidetracked by doing like social media stuff, mm-hmm. or then I, no, I need to make sure I'm working on the book first. The book comes first before everything else. Right. So it's probably better that I don't get sidetracked by other fun stuff that that's always in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. We've featured a bunch of self-published authors on the show. Mm-hmm. We've featured some people who are working with publishers but haven't necessarily nailed down an entire series. So could you speak a little bit, since you're kind of different for the guests that we've had on thus far, could you speak a little bit to what it was like working with the publisher, whether it was in terms any anything, whether it was in terms of book design or the jacket design, whether it was in terms of what input you had on the timeline. What has that experience been like for you? Well, for me, overall, it's been very positive. The Who I signed with, um, when they're, the back and forth is really good. So I haven't had anything where, like, they give me a timeline, but say, with this first book, um, 
when I wasn't comfortable with certain things and it was being rushed, we said, okay, we'll move the timeline for you. And then I said, okay. So then I contacted my agent about the second book. Can we move that timeline in there? Yeah, that works, you know, because we want a good quality book to come out. Mm -hmm. And when it was time for the cover, what they do is they sent me paperwork, um, describe the kind of cover you want and, and show us pictures of what you like, what you don't like. And then, um, they designed the cover based off that. And then when they, and then they sent me the cover and just asked what I thought. And, you know, I had like, I said, simple stuff. I didn't, I thought the font was, I didn't care for the font or I didn't care for the color. So then they went back to the designer who made it and made those changes and I loved it. So, um, and that's what I like. This is the reason why I went traditional is, um, for one to give me a timeline so I don't mess around too much Mm -hmm. and somebody to ask questions to and to help, like, how do, I don't know how I would have went around to find an editor to, to edit my book or to design my cover or, and I didn't want to be, um, only on Kindle Unlimited. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, those were my overall reasons for doing it. And I liked having the step, the back and forth that somebody I can ask either, I can ask my publisher questions or I can ask my agent questions. And it was the same thing when it was time to sign the contract with the publishing house, my agent read it first. And she picked up on stuff that she said, well, let me ask them about this because you may not want it that way, you know, where I never would have caught it reading that contract over myself. And if I have, and in the end, if I have issues, I can always come to her for help and she'll, you know, she's got my back. Right. I know Samantha and I were, are both working on going that same route ourselves. Okay. So a lot of the things that you're mentioning, they resonate with, I don't want to speak for Samantha, yeah. but they resonate with me because those are the same kind of things that I have thought about when I was debating self-published versus mm-hmm. traditional route. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Mm-hmm. And it's it's nice to hear from you and hear you talk about the relationship with your agent. Yes. And, they, you know, agents do more than just sell your book to yes, publishers. absolutely. And it's, it's nice to mm-hmm. hear you talk about that aspect of it as well, because I think that not all new novelists know that. Yeah. You know that... The agent is there in a lot greater capacity than what we initially think. And that actually, that kind of segues into the next question I was going to ask. Is there anything that you think, because a lot of our listeners are writers themselves, is there anything Mm -hmm. that you think unpublished writers, you would like to point out to them about working with an agent or a publisher? Um... Let me think for that one for a second. <laughs> Sorry, I kind of put you on the spot with that one. Apologies. Jesus, Pete. Like, um, I don't know, like specifically why I why they would want to go with an agent or a publishing house versus self publishing. I mean, if you think that's something that they should know, then yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, it, it also comes with what kind of book that you're writing too. I can get if you're writing something that um, a lot of the the publishing houses would have a hard time accepting, then um, I could see where you would want to go the non-traditional route and self-publish yourself. Um, with an agent, I mean, the things to always be aware of is first ask a lot of questions before you sign. Um, and for me, I romance writing 
the genre itself is very helpful. There's a, a group called RWA, Romance Writers of America, and they uh, they have a loop where you can go on and ask, hey, have you heard of this publisher? And they have a, a site that they set up that you can tell who are publishers in good standing. And so there's just my advice, whether it's a publisher or an agent, is just do your homework before you sign. Don't get excited. Don't get too excited that um, somebody wants your book or wants to represent you. Just mm-hmm. research it first, because mm-hmm. when you sign with an agent, you're 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 stuck with them for a long time. Yeah. Same with the publisher; they own your book for a long time. So yes. you want to make sure that you made the right choice, because there's lasting um, consequences if you don't. Absolutely. All right, I think we have reached the point in our show where we ask our three questions that we ask of all of our guests. (laughs) First question, and I have a feeling I know where this one's going. Plotter or pantser? Believe it or not, I'm a little bit of both. It's like 80% plotting and 20% just see where the story goes and it really depends on the story like mm-hmm. absolutely the first story was all just pantsing and god i had a lot of rewrites and then <laughs> the second one the second one i had it plotted from beginning to end the third one i had it plotted out up until like their the black moment they call where everything falls apart right mm-hmm. and i was like yeah once i get there I'll just know because the consequences will work its way up. And then I got there and I was like, yeah, now what? <laughs> so, yeah. so book four, I am plotting that from beginning to end nice. because I nice. had that second book plotted out and it wrote pretty much like a dream. It was just smooth. So nice. Nice. Yeah. 80, 20. That's about what I am. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's about right. Yeah. 85, 15 maybe, but you know, whatever. Are you ground beef now? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> 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 You've seen me in the morning, apparently. Anyway. Um, so, My nickname at the gym. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that's ground chuck. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Ground chuck at the gym. Yikes. Anyway. Moving on. Second question. Second question. All right. So we have a tendency to get our best ideas in some pretty inconvenient locations like the shower while we're driving. Mm-hmm. Always, in the shower. Baby. Always in the shower. Always in the shower. Always in the shower. Yep. Right? I know. Mm-hmm. And or right as I'm getting ready to fall asleep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 I could not sleep the other night because I had an idea rattling around in my brain and I wouldn't let myself fall asleep and so finally I had to write it down. I understand. See, I wish I was that way. I'd be like, oh, I'll remember it in the morning and then I wake up and I'm like, oh, I know it was good too. I know it, and it was, it's gone. Okay, I have to. I have to go off on a small tangent for yeah, a moment. Go for it. Yesterday, I had a moment mm-hmm. where, speaking of inopportune times, I was washing dishes, and I just got this character <laughs> idea in my head because you know I write superhero stuff. I I love cosmic characters and everything. I wanted. I got this idea to add some depth to a cosmic character, so. I took the kids down to the basement <laughs> after I finished washing dishes and I spent an hour and a half making up a spreadsheet of all my characters and what category they fall under. Also, I could write notes about this character that I thought of. So, yeah, total, total plotter moment. 
Well, I think it sounds like a great moment because you got it all written down and Thank good you. to go. You know, and I have to ask you too, because I actually like comic books. I yeah. loved comic books. I read X-Men, awesome. um, Sandman, all nice. of them. So I have to ask, what is your favorite comic book character? Uh, okay, so... From the time I was six years old, I fell in love with Spider-Man. Spider-Man is my all-time favorite. Peter Parker Spider-Man is my Mm -hmm. absolute all-time favorite. It was the idea of nothing ever goes right for him, but he always does the right thing. Just made me fall in love with that character. Um, I My favorites growing up were the Avengers and the X-Men. Um, I was a Marvel guy more so than DC. Like, I respected DC's characters, but I've always been more of a Marvel guy. So the <clears throat> Marvel Cinematic Universe has pretty much been my dream come true. Um, I love most things, though. Like, you know, I've read uh, non-superhero stuff. Like you mentioned Sandman. I loved, like, you know, that. I loved Neil Gaiman's work and everything. I loved, um, there's a... China Clugston Major, like for some offbeat stuff, there's a series called Blue Mondays, and it's just about these teenagers who love Adam Ant and stuff like that. And it's just like fun books like that. So I started out being a total superhero freak. I am still a total superhero freak, even though I don't actively read comics anymore, but it branched off to all mm-hmm. different things like Sandman and, you know, uh, Blue Monday and everything else. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's your favorite cool. now, though? Since you brought it up, I have to ask the question. <laughs> well, what it started out was probably when I was young, it was Batman. I probably seen the, one of the Batman movies and just fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to X-Men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I adored X-Men. And then I moved over to, I think it was DC, and I started reading Preacher and mm-hmm. yeah. Sandman and pretty much anything Neil Gaiman yeah. wrote whether it was comic books or his books. And I mean, I still read them. It's not, if I go to the library and something catches my eye. In fact, recently, I think last summer, I went and reread all of the Sandman series again because nice. I read them back in high school and they were still as good as they were. They're just timeless. <laughs> I still remember one of my favorite things was there was a competition and it was the Sandman and he was like with I I can't remember the specifics because it's been so long since I've read it but there was a competition to make something they were it was like a verbal competition to make something bigger and more powerful and it ended with Sandman talking about who got the gates to hell yeah yeah and he and he ended up with hope was the thing that he brought mm-hmm. up, and the demon couldn't beat that. It was just like, oh my god, that's such a great moment. That was my favorite part too. I still remember. That. Yeah. In fact, and, and you know the um, on, it's on Netflix now. There's a show called Lucifer. Yes. Yeah. It's based off that scene. Is it? I did not know that. Oh wow! I did that's not know his, that. Well, it's not based off that scene exactly, but that was when. Lucifer Morningstar left to go get his Vegas. He just walked away from hell, said he didn't mm. want to take care of it anymore. He's going to go to Las Vegas and just open a nightclub. Gotcha. And that's what Lucifer's show is. It's based off that when he left. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, I did not know that. Cool. Yeah, I watched it. I was watching it. And I was like, oh, my God, somebody totally stole Neil Gaiman's <laughs> idea. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, no, he helped write it. Never mind. Because it's just one small piece in the whole Sandman series. And they based yeah. that series that's like on season i don't know how many years now yeah that's really cool i did not know that i'm getting uh, yeah i know character like, interview yeah, sheets right. i'm learning stuff <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what's going on here 
Oh, that's awesome. That's so cool. There's a Good Omen series starting soon, too. I saw it. Yeah, I want to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen it yet, but. The book is great. The yes, book is, it is hilarious. Yes. It is hilarious. And then they had that. He did another one, too. He did um, American Gods. Yes. So the TV series, too. I, I have a beef with American Gods because it, I love American Gods. <laughs> I haven't seen the show, but I read the, the novel and I love the novel. But yeah, here's my, here's don't my see the series. <laughs> here's my beef. If you love the book. Really? Is, mm-hmm. It's worth checking out. <clears throat> No, it's not. Oh, it's not. Oh, oh I misunderstood. No, because really? yeah. See, I loved. I'm. I'm with you. I loved American Gods. The book is one of my favorite, but mm-hmm. the series just didn't do it for me. The they, the people they picked to play them are spot on. Yeah, and they're great actors. But there's just something about it. It just it didn't resonate like the book did. It's just. Really? It's like I, I feel like they tried to just um, wow us with violence um... more than. Oh, the storyline. Hate that. Mm. Hate that. Yeah. <clears throat> so every listener is about to hate me right now because oh, I loved American Gods the novel, but I had a major beef with it because I was working at a library when I read that, and uh, like five years before I ever read that, I had this idea, like because I love mythology and everything, I'm gonna write a novel uh-huh. that's all about like gods, what kind of gods people would worship in the modern day and everything. And it was going to be a god of technology. And then I read that novel, I'm like, well, I guess I'm never writing that book. <laughs> yep, that was taken away from you. Yes. Yeah. Ripped right out underneath your feet. Exactly. And I was working on other things, so it was just one of those ideas that sat and that I always meant to come back to. And, yep, never doing that, because I'm just going to look like I completely ripped off yeah. a much more established author. Yeah. So. Yep, yep, you're gonna have to let that one go. Yeah. Well, what I learned, well, what I learned from American Gods is, is for one, because I read it a long time ago, I don't know, like um, years ago, probably 10, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a son who came to me looking for, a, and he loved, he read like the whole Percy Jackson series mm-hmm. and all of that. And he was like, I want a book. And I'm like, I have a great for you you should read this one and he takes it to school and he reads it and then he comes home and he's got a shell shock look on his face and he's like what did you give me and, and you remember the one goddess what she does you happen to remember that part i, I don't I know if those, say it online. oh yeah yeah i know what yeah. you're talking about now <laughs> yeah we gotta be cryptic but <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so he's telling me this and i'm like what? You're making this up because I can. How I forgot that scene, I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Sent my kid off to read that, so now he won't take any book suggestions from me anymore. I, I, I'm sorry you had that experience, but I totally get it. So. <laughs> That's so funny. I. I have been skittish about that because I still have, I read comics for like 20 years. I've still got my whole comic collection and my kids have Mm -hmm. asked me if they can read some of the books and you know, the dorky collector of me is, well, let's wait till you're a little older and you aren't playing with slime and stuff. But then the other side of me is like, some of the stuff I read, I really need to make sure there's nothing in there that they shouldn't be seeing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Bear my warning. Read it again first. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the reminder. So, third question, and this can be anything at all that you want to use. What do you want to plug? Um, my book? 
Yeah. All right. Go for it. <laughs> shameless plugs with shameless a shameless plug. plug. I love Woo! it. So many people try to be noble. Just plug your work. Yeah, I love it. I know. I love it too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I love my story. I want to share it with the world. So how else can I share it if people don't know about it? Exactly. Uh, Exactly. Even though I'm terrible at plugging my book, because I want to be like, okay, well, tell me about it. I don't know. It's great. Read the book. I mean, just just read it. Like, yeah. I don't even need to talk about it. Just read it. Yeah, yeah. You you'll get it. The first chapter. Just just read the first chapter, and yeah. you'll you'll believe me. It's good. Go on, go on. Did Did you hear this interview and how personable and great I am? Just just go read the book, okay? <laughs> If you like me, you like my book. If you don't like me, you still like my book. Just read it. That is the correct answer. I love that attitude. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Yes. That's amazing. And for the record, on our site we will have links, of course, to where you can buy the book. We will Absolutely. have links to DK's site. Yeah. So, Fairy Tale Lies: Opposites Attract out now. Yeah. Go buy it. Yeah. Go, go buy read it. it. Go read it. Go buy it. We're, it's the end of the episode. You can stop listening to us now. Go 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 buy it. Go buy the book. all right of course we want to thank dk marie for joining us today all the information is up there check it out make sure you check out our stuff thanks again for joining us thanks for having me absolutely all right bye outlets till next time bye